This is the Responsible Sports Podcast, presented by Liberty Mutual. Episode number 27, Jenny Potter. Responsible Sports is a program dedicated to supporting coaches and parents who help our children succeed on and off the field. Each episode, our host, Jim Thompson, Executive Director of Positive Coaching Alliance, will be joined by some of the most influential players and coaches to share their thoughts and experiences with responsible coaching and responsible sports parenting. In this episode, Tina Sire, Chief Impact Officer of Positive Coaching Alliance, steps in for Jim and talks with longtime USA Women's National Hockey Team member Jenny Potter. Hockey isn't just about the game, it's about life lessons you can learn, and you know, I've learned a lot about myself through hockey, a lot of experience through hockey, and I think sometimes people forget, you know, it's not just the hockey, it's the experiences, the people you get to meet, um, learning about yourself, um, the hard work. Jenny talks with Responsible Sports about the many life lessons she has learned through participating in hockey. She shares wonderful stories about her family growing up, her own family today, and how hockey and other sport activities away from the ice have truly enriched her life. So Jenny, I wanted to start off by introducing you to our audience. Uh, After graduating from Edina High School in Minnesota in 1997, Jenny went on to be a four-time All-American ice hockey player in college. During her sophomore year at University of Minnesota Duluth, she led the nation in scoring while taking her team to the 2000 Women's Western Collegiate Hockey Association title. In 2002, she set an NCAA record by scoring six goals in one game. At age 19, Jenny was the second youngest member of the 1998 U.S. Women's National Team that won an Olympic gold medal in Nagano, Japan. She added two silver medals to her Olympic collection in 2002 and 2010, and one bronze from the 2006 Olympics in Turin, Italy. After scoring six goals at the 2010 Olympics, Jenny was named USA Hockey Women's Player of the Year. Her 32 career Olympic points are the most in U.S. history. Potter became one of only three women to be a member of the Triple Gold Club after winning the Clarkson Cup with the Minnesota Whitecaps, an Olympic gold medal, and a gold medal at the IIHF Women's World Hockey Championships. Jenny and her husband Rob have two children, Madison and Cullen, Jenny, thanks so much for joining us. Yes, thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. So, Jenny, uh, you grew up in Minnesota, and I read that you actually played tackle football growing up and were a competitive swimmer. And I'm curious if you can share with our audience, um, when did ice hockey sort of become your main focus, and how did your participation in these other sports really help you become the ice hockey player you are today? Um, well, um, I actually started out as a swimmer. And then um, about fifth grade, I decided I want to play tackle football. And people always ask me, why do you want to play football? And I said, I like the hitting. Um, But then about um, eighth grade, I quit football because the guys got too big. And I also realized in swimming, I wasn't going to make it um, to Olympics. So about eighth grade is when I started hockey. And, um, you know, they didn't really have too many girls hockey teams. So I... um, I did play for the Minnesota Thoroughbreds and then, you know, my boys' Bantam team. I was the first years I played. And um, I just, you know, always my parents brought us, my sisters and I, down to the park. And we always just um, played around at the park and played as a family. And my dad always played with the, the guys in the hockey rink. And 
you know, I just always wanted to go in the hockey rink. And my dad's like, well, maybe when you're a little bit bigger. Um, and he'd always have me work on my skating or whatever it was. And so when I heard that the women's ice hockey was going to be in the 98 Olympics, that was kind of like uh, my, my goal to be on that team. That's, that's incredible. So even from a young age, you really had your, your sights set on that. So it sounds like when you were in high school, did you actually play on, on, your, on the boys' high school hockey team? I did. I played my, my sophomore year, I played on the JV um, Edina boys team. Um, I did try out for the varsity, but it was kind of, you know, girls' high school started, and, you know, they didn't really want a girl playing on the team. So, I mean, maybe it was the best for everyone. I, you know, I played for the Minnesota Thoroughbreds and, you know, trained and, you know, played men's hockey when I could and, you know, got my level up as high as I could so that, you know, I could make the Olympic team. Yeah. So what was that experience like your sophomore year playing on the JV team? Um, it was, um, it was interesting. Um, it was, you know, being the only girl on the team is always, you know, a little lonely, but the guys were good and, you know, it was good hockey and, you know, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, learn a lot about yourself and, People always, you know, talk about checking. Um, I know that's a big topic these days is checking and right. the concussions and head injuries. But, you know, I, I mean, I didn't start playing hockey till eighth grade, and, you know, I played football and stuff. So I think, you know, I just, you know, learned how to hit and how to avoid a hit, and I think that's the biggest biggest obstacle. Yeah, yeah. So uh, eventually you did achieve your dream, and I think back in 98 um, you joined the women's national team and I think as the second youngest player, and amazingly, you're still going strong today, preparing for the world championships in April. And I'm just curious if you can share with our audience how you've kept up your passion for the game, um, you know, not to mention your skills and your fitness um, for so many years, uh, still being a current member of the team today. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I think a lot has to do with how I was brought up, um, my family. You know, my parents had us bike everywhere. We didn't take the car anywhere. Um, we always did things together as a family. We played at the park. You know, we rode our bikes. We we went running. Um, we were always very active. And, you know, we always did things together as a family. I think I learned to love the game, you know, playing at the park. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing. I learned to love the game for me and not for anybody else and yep. um, set my goals. Um, I didn't have anyone, you know, pushing, you know, do this or do that. I mean, I think my dad was a huge instrumental part in my hockey career. I mean, he did, you know, challenge me and, you know, we went and played open hockey every day. We went down to the park in the winters every day. Um, Mm. So I think that was a big part of it. Um, We have a summer training business, which, uh, you know, train a lot of college kids and national players. So that definitely keeps me in shape and um, my fitness levels up there. And, you know, I always pride myself on being the best in shape going into camp and, still beating the 18 year old. So that's, that's what I, that's what I keep doing. Yeah. So, um, so when you joined the team in 98 at, at 19, um, and now I think it's about 15 years later, I'm curious, are there things from a player's perspective that you know now that you really wish you'd known back then in 98 when you first joined the team? Um, actually I think it's reverse. I think the more naive you are, um, the more (laughs) that skips over you. So, I mean, great to be 18 and young and have your legs every day and as you get older you notice that you know you might have to stretch or warm up a little bit longer um but I mean yeah there's things that come with um experience as far as um going in the championship games or big tournaments you know you you know what to expect you know how to react and 
Yeah, I mean, you still have the nerves because you're still excited to play and want to perform well and you want to win. But, yeah. I mean, it definitely comes with experience and being in that situation several times definitely helps. And obviously now, you know, being one of the leaders on the team, you know, directing the younger kids and, you know, trying to help them, um, you know, find their best game and, you know, a big game. Yeah. Do you feel like you spend more time now um, sort of thinking about how to make the players around you better? Um, than you did when you first started, like just mentioning sort of helping the younger kids who are just joining the team? Um, I think I'm the kind of player that always, you know, the players that I played with, um, I elevated and, you know, made better around me. But I think on and off the ice, as far as the leadership, I've definitely taken a bigger role in that. And speaking up and helping um, some of the younger players and, you know, coaching a little bit more um, and, just taking more of a leadership role on and off the ice. I think as a player, I've always been somebody that, you know, hockey comes naturally, so that's the easy part. Um, it's all the other stuff that's harder that, you know, I've worked on my skills and my hockey playing ability, but it's the it's um, the leading on and off the ice that's uh, a little bit more, you know, learning and grooming and learning from other people. Yeah. I'm really curious about the leadership off the ice. Um, can you give us just a few examples of what sorts of things that, that entails? I think um, the biggest thing is just holding people accountable for their actions. Um, uh, like, you know, locker room upkeep or respecting others. Um, you know, people aren't always going to have their best day every day. And, you know, you got 20, 20, 21 women in a locker room, you know, you're bound to have some issues here and there. <laughs> um, just kind of maintaining you know, kind of a a team atmosphere and helping people that may be down or, you know, whatever life brings you, everybody has an issue, right? Um, Big or small. So I think that's a big part. And also, you know, learning to speak up when you need to and, you know, when to be quiet when you need to. And the older you get, the more you see and, you know, some things that are important, some things that aren't as important. Yep. Yep. So um, when you think back over all of your years, you know, whether it's playing um, collegiately or um, on the national team and now, um, I mean, professionally for a lot of that time, um, which of your coaches really stand out in your memory and what is it about them that makes them stand out? Oh, that's tough. I've had so many different kinds of coaches that I wouldn't say one is better than the other. I mean, I think they all have something that you can learn from, and I think that's what's great about sports is you can have all different kinds of coaches, and if you just open up your mind and learn from, I mean, learn from each coach. I mean, there's some things that you may not like, just like in every person. Everybody has bad traits, you know, and I think for me as a person, I I really want to look into myself and what do I need to grow in and what can I take from this opportunity. Um, Obviously, you know, you have, you're not always going to agree with your coaches, but it's how you, you know, want to represent the team. Again, back to being respectful, and you may not agree with it, but that's the way it is, and you go along with it, and you support the coach. And mm-hmm. like I said, I mean, there isn't one coach that I can say um, that stands out. They all kind of stand out in my mind in the fact that I've learned something from each one of them. Some are harder than others as far as on the ice, or they're yelling at you. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is for, I think maybe because he was my first coach with the national team was Ben Smith and, mm-hmm. you know, he was pretty hard on me, but that's because he expected a lot from me. Not that, you know, he doesn't care. And I think that's the biggest thing for girls is just because the coach is yelling at you doesn't mean he hates you. It's yeah. because they care. It's when they aren't saying anything that you should probably be worried. <laughs> right. Um, so, I mean, I, th- I think each coach, you know, um, Mark Johnson was a little bit quieter, um, but he knew the game and, you know, and, 
again, a different kind of coach. Right, right. What advice can you give players when they have a coach who maybe is a little bit more like Ben Smith that's more vocal and really, you know, maybe even yelling at them? Um, Are there specific things you did to keep your head in the game and make sure you kept your focus and and didn't sort of get distracted or or go in the wrong direction when he was giving you that kind of input? Um, Again, it comes from my background. I mean, my dad was always all all over me when I played open hockey, and I played with men growing up yelling at me to keep my stick down or whatever it is. So for me, I mean, I always liked the intensity of a men's coach, um, a man, because it's just maybe because that's how I grew up and – um, my husband coaches and trains hockey players, done it for 20-plus years. You know, he's coached and trained me, and, you know, and he yells at me and gets all over me, and, you know, he knows what I am capable of. And um, I know it's hard for some other players that might be a little more sensitive, and it goes back to you coach them as players, not as girls. Yes, there are differences, and yeah. you have to be aware of the differences, but I think it still goes back to... If you coach them like hockey players, they'll be hockey players. But if you coach them like girls on a regular basis, then you're going to be bringing up a lot of problems. And I think that's one thing Ben Smith did a great job of is, you know, he he coached men for many years. Um, So a transition to the women, I mean, he coached us like men as hockey players is what you would typically say. I mean, he coached us like hockey players. And for me, it was normal because I respected the coach. I did what the coach said. If he yelled at me, you know, I, maybe I didn't like it at the moment, but I listened and I did what I was supposed to do. I didn't, I wasn't a type of player that would sulk and, you know, he hates me. Um, so I really love that you love your line about coaching people as hockey players, not as girls. And that's certainly a question we get a lot is like, Oh, what are the differences between coaching boys and girls? And I think you and I have a really similar answer, which is, you know, there may be small differences, but for the most part, you know, we're coaching athletes here um, and not having sort of a, unfortunately, sometimes a lower standard. I think sometimes for girls are going easier on girls. Um, It's just uh, not necessary. So one of the things that I I read and I smiled, um, I'm I'm a mom as well um, of a three and a half year old and a 15 month old. So I read that some of your U.S. teammates call you mom. Um, and I, I know at one point you were the only mom on the team. I don't know if you still are, um, but I'm curious if um, did becoming a parent sort of change anything about the way you view the game um, or your role on the team? Um, well, I think that's part of life. Um, you're going to change, but yeah, I mean, it definitely does. I mean, your outlook on life is a little bit differently. I'd say winning, winning an Olympic gold medal, it was the best thing in my life until I had a child, you know, you can't really place a gold medal, but I mean, a, a child is, you know, a human being and something totally different, and I wouldn't, you know, trade it for the world. And I mean, I think, you know, because you have you have a couple children, how special they are and how wonderful, you know, there's ups and downs, obviously, you know, changing diapers isn't always a fun, but, yeah. you know, my kids are 11 and 5 now, so I mean, it's it's you know, I have a great time with them playing sports. They're very active. They're very competitive. And being a parent, you definitely have to take a look at yourself in the mirror and be honest with yourselves because you want to be raise your kids to be, well, emulate you and your standards. And my husband and I have a high moral and ethical standard. And, you know, we want our kids to be good kids and, you know, be respectful and treat others with respect and be accountable for their actions and looking around society, that's not always the case, you know, and, you know, it's, it's always a challenge to raise a child. I mean, there's no handbook and 
playing hockey and raising children is very difficult, but I think there's a lot of things that, you know, them watching me over the years training and how hard I work and how responsible I am and them having the opportunity to go to the Olympics and, you know, watch me and, mm-hmm. you know, be part of, you know, my locker rooms and seeing that is a special opportunity as well. So there's lots of things that they've gotten to do that I never did growing up, but I also want them, you know, my daughter is very gifted athletically and, I always tell her, you, you always have to be the best you can. I'm not expecting you to win, mm-hmm. but I want you to do the best you can. And sometimes you have more ability in athletics, let's say, than someone might have more ability in the classroom. And mm-hmm. you got to do the best you can no matter where you are. Yep. And so um, you were saying, I think it's Madison, who's 11. Um, who, When you think about sort of the ideal coach for her, um, what, how would you describe that person? What would that person be like? Um, is she is swimming sort of her main sport at this point. Um, she actually plays football too. All right. And she swim. She's very, very good at swimming. Very competitive um, mm-hmm. swimmer. Um, she also does some hockey. Not on a hockey team yet. I just wanted her to play hockey. Love hockey for the game. Yep. She wants to play tennis and lacrosse, but as you know, there's only so much time in a year. And- <laughs> Um, ideal coach for her um, that's tough I mean individual sport is totally different than a team sport so if you're talking about an individual sport I mean I did swimming so long ago that I can't I mean for me as a high like a team sport like I think holding each player accountable for their actions and Mm -hmm. um, being fair I always tell my players and it depends if it's a you know, peewee or youth team, it's going to be equal. But, yeah. you know, once you get to the higher levels, my saying is that maybe it's going to be fair, but it's not always equal. And I think that's what kids struggle with, whether it's varsity or, you know, the national team is that, well, how come I'm not getting as much ice time as them? Or, you know, right. usually if you get the best players coming to a team with all the other best players, they're all used to, you know, playing yeah. the most. Yeah. So I think that's a challenge. Um, for my daughter, it's it's tough for my daughter because an individual sport, you know, it's it's to what they need. Right. I, I mean, I don't know exactly what that is. I think that's my challenge. I don't know what a good swimming coach is. Yeah. But I, I would say a good coach would be someone that, you know, is in tune with their, their athletes, talks to the parents. I'm not an overly involved parent, nor do I ever want to be that person. <laughs> right. But I like to know interest. You know, they come and talk to me and you know, what she needs to fix or something, you know, have the conversation that, you know, you have a relationship with the parent, but you're not going to, you know, go further. It's right. Like, here's your child and here's what we're working on. And yeah. I, I want them to do their thing. You know, I, I'll be the parent and watch my child and I don't have to suffer through the pain of swimming. So <laughs> I just get to sit back and enjoy it. Right. Right. Um, I want to go back for a second to the point you made about playing time. And um, I thought it was great. You know, it, it's fair, but it's not always equal. And what advice would you give an athlete, you know, someone, I guess, more at like a high school level or a more competitive level, uh, an ice hockey player who felt like she wasn't getting as much playing time as she wanted? Um, what advice would you give that player of how to handle that situation? I would say to always go out there and um, play your best hockey. Um, not to sit there and dwell on, well, I'm better than that person or I, you know, I've made these better plays because, you know, coaches, I mean, 
as much as they try, try not to have their favorites, I can't say for everyone that they don't have their favorites or that mm-hmm. some person is being favored because um, it will happen. That's part of life, and I guess that's learning. All you can do is control what you can control, and mm. that's your playing hockey ability. And they control everything else, unfortunately, but you chose to team sport, um, something that's you know a little ambiguous. Um, it's not you know swimming, who touches the wall first, or running, right. who crosses the line first. So. Yeah a little bit different, I would say I always never worried about that. Um, mm-hmm. I just went out there and played my my hockey. I don't, especially, I think the biggest thing is tryouts. You know, parents get overly involved in that, but yeah. kids need to just be themselves. Don't try and do something that you normally don't do. Just go out there, play your hockey. You're going to make the team on the player you are. And I think the biggest thing is be who you are, and if it's not, you know, if you don't make the team, then work on those things that you need to work on. Don't sit there. I think the, the Olympic trials, people always ask me, well, did you think you were going to make it? Well, I didn't worry about that. I think you just go out there and play your hockey, and the rest will take care of itself. Yeah, I love focus, control what you can control. It's really, that's a great mantra. Um, you know, as for the the parents and sort of, uh, I guess we often are uh, get questions from people, from parents that say, my kid's not getting enough playing time. Um, should I go talk to the coach? Um, <laughs> can you talk about that a little bit? Um, I'm a big advocate. You know, my daughter, I mean, every kid will do it because, you know, you're comfortable with your parents and you want them to solve your problems. Right. And I guess it really depends on the age, but I mean, if they're in sports and they're over the age of eight, I really, even if they're younger, I, if my, you're not really going to run into that problem when they're younger than eight, but let's just say they're 11, 12, 13, 14. If they come up to you, you say, go talk to your coach. If you have an issue with your, you know, issue with anything, you go talk to your coach. Um, if the parent feels uncomfortable, they can be there with their child but I think it's the child that needs to talk to the coach if they're having a problem. I mean, I don't think that it's like in life. You can't always have your parents solve your problems. You've got to go in there and, you know, figure it out and solve your own problems and, you know, work with the coach. Um, the parent can't always be the mediator and solve your problems. I think that's, you know, and, and I think the instinct of a lot of parents is they want, you know, their kids to be happy and they want to solve their problems. But, you know, my daughter comes up to me and I, you know, she says, oh, this or that. And I said, well, go talk to your coach. I don't have control over that. You know, you know, she's like, oh, I want to swim last. And you're like, well, then you talk to your coach. I'm not going to do it. I think that I'm totally on the same page. And this is one of those great life lessons that kids can get from sports as they care so much about sports and things like their playing time or what position they're playing, that it gives them an opportunity to learn how to talk to a coach or an authority figure um, and not have their parents intervene. Um, so I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think you articulated that perfectly. Um, I guess one more question about sort of playing that role of responsible sports parent. Um, are there any other specific highlights in your time? I know Colin's still young, but of being a sports parent, any specific highlights or maybe challenges that you've faced in that role of sports parent? So like me being a parent of like Maddie swimming. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, there's ups and downs, and like I said, I think the biggest challenge um, that I've had over the years, and it, I guess it's more so of a challenge for my daughter, is that people always went up to her and said, so are you going to be a hockey player like your mom? Are you going to be great yeah. like your mom? And that just really turned her away from hockey. And, I mean, I know people had the best in- intentions, but it was kind of like one of those things. People want to be their own people. They're going to make their own mark in this world. 
I always just said, you know, you do what you want. And we always took our kids active. I mean, both my kids started skating at one. Um, Cohen loves hockey, wants to play hockey. Um, my daughter's, you know, she's expressed interest. She wanted to play last year and she wanted to play this year. And I said, no, we're just going to go to the park and have fun. You're going to love, if you're going to play hockey, you're going to, you're going to love it first. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's what it is. I don't want, I want you to play hockey, but I don't want you to because I want you to. But I think the biggest thing is, is that we've run into, and she's, like I said, very gifted athlete, um, you know, genetics, whatever you want to say it is. People <laughs> ask me if she trains all the time, which obviously she doesn't. But, you know, she's very good at running. She's always been great at swimming. And, you know, deservedly, she works very hard at it, too. But she broke four state records last year in Minnesota as a 10-year-old, which is awesome. That's great. Um, but people always come up, you know, jealousy with um, other kids. Or, you know, other parents are like, was she lifting? How is she training? And it's kind of, you know, I think the biggest challenge is, like, keeping a level head on her. Um, Also, it's hard for her when it comes so easy. Well, I mean, it doesn't come easy. She works very hard at it. I don't want to take that away from her. But sometimes when you have kids on teams that, you know, it's a little, you know, they have some gifts. And other kids will be jealous. And, you know, how to... I guess, not only help your child, but also the other children. Yeah, the, the level head piece, I'd love if you could talk to us a little more about that. So, you know, when it, when it does seem like, you know, she does work really hard and a lot of um, things are coming to her, do you do something, do you and Rob do something in particular to help her keep a level head? Um, I think I always talk to her about goals yeah. and being... You know, it's, it, you, you should be proud of yourself, but you shouldn't be cocky. Like, you know, just realize that there's other swimmers on your swim team and friends mm-hmm. that would love to be where you are. Mm-hmm. And they work hard, too. And just realize that some people just don't have either the ability or they haven't, you know, they haven't grown yet or whatever it might be or may never have that ability. That's hard for them. And to understand that, I always talk to her about that. And I said, just, you know, like in school, there's some kids that can read really fast because that's, you know, whether they do, you know, read a lot of books or it's just natural, you know how that feels when, you you know, something doesn't come as easy. Mm -hmm. Just realize that, you know, and I think her being around me and being at the Olympics, um, watching me work hard, that sometimes it's like, oh, it's just a given, like my mom's on Olympic team. Yeah. Yeah. But I also think she knows that it takes a lot of hard work. Um, the wonderful insights into sports parenting. I'm going to ask you one more question, um, sort of at more at the Olympic level. Um, I'm curious, <clears throat> after playing in so many Olympics and World Championships, Four Nations Cups, collegiately, professionally, um, you've had hundreds of teammates. Um, which of those teammates really stand out to you in terms of making those around them better? And what did they do um, to really make those around them better? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, there's so many different personalities on a hockey team. Oh. And feel free to, to talk about more than one. I realize they don't all um, would they wouldn't all come from exactly the same perspective. Well, I think when I first started the team, I think Cameron Granado was a you know a huge leader on the team, mm-hmm. captain, and you know she was. Um, you know, said the, you know, 
said things that were what the team needed, and mm -hmm. she led the team with great poise. Um, she was a goal scorer. She knew, to, you know, she led the team on the ice. She scored when we needed to. Um, she was a huge part of that that team. So I got to, I guess, start off on the right foot with a great leader. Um, mm -hmm. And again, I mean, you don't have to wear a C or an A to be a leader on the team. I know that. I think another person is um, Hillary Knight. She's she, I guess, maybe started the mom thing, or she's like my oldest child. Um, but we're like the closest, you know, friends and teammates on the you know, on the team. And she came and trained with me, you know, for a couple summers. She made the 2010 Olympic team. She is a great player. Um, she's quiet like I am, but mm -hmm. she's a hard worker. And mm -hmm. um, she, you know, says things when they need to be said. Um, she's a leader on the ice. There's just there's so many people on the team. You could just go through each each player on the team, how you know what they've demonstrated. I think Angela Jero was a big part of Team USA. She just recently retired, and mm -hmm. she's a close friend. She was the youngest on the '98 team, and so mm -hmm. we were very close. Um, but she's you know she's more of an extrovert, um, a lot of energy, brings a lot of energy to the team, a lot of passion. So I mean I. I don't want to go through a bunch of people, but I mean, those are just a few people, but I could go through so many more people. And I think that's what's great about team sports. It, it you know, it's, people always say those cliches, you're as strong as the weakest link, um, right. which I'm not especially fond of that saying, but I think there's so many great characters and personalities on hockey teams or sports. Um, and I think that's one thing about hockey, hockey players, hockey teams, is that you don't have to be the same as the next player. And I think, kids and parents need to realize you don't need to be like somebody else. You need to be your player. Mm. And you don't have to be the goal scorer if you don't want to be, you know, yeah. if it's not meant to be. Maybe you're the, the forechecker. Maybe you're you know, a playmaker. Maybe you're a great defenseman. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's what's great about hockey is you can have so many different body types and players. Mm. Yeah, yeah. One of the um, one of the points you're making here, we have a National Advisory Board member named Jack Clark who's the rugby coach at Cal and when his freshmen come in, he tells them, you know, I, I define leadership and leaders as people who make those around them better. And every single player on this team, whether you're a freshman or a senior, can be a leader if you're willing to make those around you better. And that's sort of what I'm hearing from you. You can be quiet. You can be extroverted. Um, you know, it's not sort of one mold. Um, so that's, it's really a beautiful description of your U.S. team. So I just have one more question. Um, this is something you alluded to earlier. Um, I know you and Rob, um, your husband, run a summer hockey training camp, Potter's Pure Hockey. Um, I'm curious if you spend time at your camp um, teaching life lessons or skills um, that you believe will help your players off the ice. Um, and even if you don't explicitly do that, do you think there are ways that you go about things or things that you do there um, that will help them off the ice and um, how you and Rob think about that when you're planning and executing your camp? Um, absolutely. I think some of it's, you know, unsaid and some things are said. I think I've learned a lot from my husband because he coaches, he's coached many years, coaches a girls' high school hockey team, and that's his biggest thing. Um, Hockey isn't just about the game. It's about life lessons you can learn. And, you know, I've learned a lot about myself through hockey, a lot of experience through hockey. And I think sometimes people forget, you know, it's not just the hockey. It's the experiences, the people you get to meet, um, 
learning about yourself, um, the hard work. And, you know, when he has his parents meeting at the beginning of the year, he talks about, you know, hockey isn't the number one. It's family, church, mm. school, yeah. you know, hockey, everything else. Those are your priorities. And yeah. hockey isn't number one. As a hockey coach, most people think that's number one. It's not <laughs> always number one. So, I mean, I think when we're running our summer business, obviously we have them for eight weeks. It's not the same as having a hockey team or a team during the season, a little bit different. But uh, when I run it, I definitely, you know, I guess kind of run it how I grew up and how I see things and hard work and dedication, commitment, yeah. um, being on time, you know, putting every, you know, your best foot forward. And I think you know, if you teach some of those things, whether they're, you know, out in front of you or hidden a little bit, mm -hmm. I think, you know, they learn a lot from me. I think that people that come out and train with me in the summer, a lot of national players, they learn a lot. They didn't know that's how hard they could work. Um, mm -hmm. They didn't know how hard I worked. And that's where, you know, a lot of people come see what I do in the summer. Yeah. yeah. Is it's not just ability, it's how much hard work you put in, dedication, mm -hmm. commitment, um, setting goals. Yeah, yep. um, I think those are just some of the things. Yeah, that's uh, that's great. Um, well, Jenny, I, I really want to thank you for the time you took uh, today to share with me and then all of our responsible sports listeners. I really think your insights are going to help a number of the parents and coaches and student athletes out there that are listening to this. And I uh, want to wish you and the team all the best of luck at the upcoming World Championships. Oh, thank you. It was great being on. To learn more about responsible sports, including downloading valuable tools on how you can help youth athletes stay positive in youth sports, visit ResponsibleSports.com. You'll find helpful responsible sport parenting and responsible coaching guides, downloadable tools and worksheets, and advice from leading youth sports experts. Music for this podcast has been generously provided by APM Music.